Welcome to Unraveled Podcast. I'm Bridget. And I'm Mackenzie. This is the place where we unravel all the things on our hearts. Laughter, tears, and real talk are all invited. Here we go. Happy March 1st. I can't believe it's here. I can't believe it's here. White Rabbit. That's what I used to say. Did you say that? No. Up? Can you explain that to me? I feel yeah, I like I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could. I don't even know who told me it, but you're, it's you just a thing on the first day of the month for good luck. I don't know. That is so funny. I've heard people say that, but I've, I've always been too embarrassed to ask what it means, <laughs> but now I'm just outing myself on the podcast. That's hilarious. How is the second part of interior freedom? Oh my goodness. This book is wrecking me. I think primarily because of how relevant it is right now. Um, I mean, I know we said that on the first one, but there's just so much like when I continue to dig into it that in my own personal life, I'm like, wow, like every page is hitting home. And, um, and then in the collectiveness of what all of us are going through, um, I think it really just, um, it illustrates perfectly how we need to just all accept that we are not in control. And Mm -hmm. I think to summarize it, it's like, as soon as we accept that the peace comes, but that's like the hardest thing for us to accept. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. And I th- I forgot what page it is, I think, but he gives a clear outline of like how people react to situations. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that mm-hmm. part? And it's in choosing or consenting is really what it's about. And you have to do more than consent. You have to like be okay with whatever comes your way. And I was reading the interior freedom, like question book. And it was talking about like how you react in situations personally. Mm -hmm. And I just saw myself so many times where how I react would be shutting down. If like, if I don't like how a situation goes, right? So let's say like my flight was canceled. I show up to Southwest and it's like, Mackenzie, sorry, your flight, you're you're not going anywhere today. Mm -hmm. My life would be in shambles as opposed to just saying, oh, I was not meant to be on this flight. Okay. Exactly. Your will be done. And what a total detachment. And I actually like, I wish we had read from this page um, of the woman who was in Auschwitz. Um, Mm -hmm. We talked about it very briefly, but I was just going to read it like just half of it very quickly because this comes from the first section, but I feel like it is a good segue into like everything that we're going to talk through today. But I just love how this woman who was, you know, a Jew in a concentration camp, like she starts in real time to realize this notion that we all have freedom if we tap into it and So she says, um, everywhere were signs barring Jews from the paths and the open country, but above the one narrow path still left to us was stretched across the sky and it was intact. They can't do anything to us. They really can't. They can harass us. They can rob us of our material goods, of our freedom of movement, but we ourselves forfeit our greatest assets by our misguided compliance, by our feelings of being persecuted, humiliated, and oppressed, by our own hatred, by our swagger, which hides our fear. We may, of course, be sad and depressed, but what has been done to us, this is only human and understandable. However, our greatest injury is the one that we inflict upon ourselves, and I find life beautiful, and I find it free. 
the sky within me is as wide as the one stretching above my head. And I believe in God and I believe in man. And I say so without embarrassment. Life is hard, but that is not a bad thing. It is not morbid individualism to work on oneself. True peace will come only when every individual finds peace within himself. And I was just like, dang, like a woman totally like stripped of all of her freedom, everything. And she's able to look up at the sky and, and feel free. Yeah. Wow. Eddie with the words. That's her name, right? Eddie something. Um, and my favorite line you read B was, um, life is hard, but that's not a bad thing. Why do we put hard with bad, negative with wrong, you know, that I feel like we do that a lot. Like life is just supposed to be cupcakes and teddy bears. And lately, if anything, this year has been so freeing to all of us because it's shown us like her in the way she speaks. It's shown us that, whoa, 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 heaven is cupcakes and teddy bears and full on Mm -hmm. beauty and freedom right here, right now. Is hard. Maybe we'll get a taste of this beautiful life that's coming, but this is not supposed to be easy and comfy. We weren't made for comfort. Exactly. And I also think that it's almost like earning, we are earning heaven on earth, you know, like it's not like we're just gonna, we're not just given it. Like we, we have to earn it and we have to have perseverance in the hard times. And we were talking offline before, um, we started the podcast um, about how Johnny is at a funeral right now for a young man who actually played football with Colin and Johnny. Um, and his life ended way too soon. Um, and it just really like brought me to my knees thinking that a mom is burying her, you know, 30 something year old son today um, who, who felt, who fell into despair and, you know, and who struggled, um, with depression and all of that. And, um, it just, it really wrecked me to think that there are so many people out there struggling right now. And, um, a lot of what we're talking about in this book is kind of the key. It's not everything because mental illness is a real thing, but there's so much truth in this that all of us who are having our own struggles can, can glean from and learn from and really finding that interior freedom and that peace is going to give us like what we need in order to not fall into those moments of like, I don't know, like what, what to make of any of this that's going on. And so, you know, anyone listening to this, I would just encourage anyone listening to this who is feeling, um, any sort of low point or struggles, not just this book, but, but this book is a great starting point for, for people struggling in that area because, um, it it basically is a path to how do you get through these hard times and find purpose in the suffering? Because like there is purpose in suffering and we know that. Mm, Amen. Oh, it's just, it's too much sometimes totally to hear that about other people and wish that, you know, they, you want to say, I wish he knew God or I wish they knew. And he did, you know, he was a Christian. Right. Mm -hmm. And you wish that they just, um, had the help they needed or the love was surrounding them, you know, but we can only pray for his soul. And, um, Mm -hmm. so many people that are struggling right now be like, I was just texting a dear, dear friend. Um, and 
I was just, you know, checking in on her because she's going through a lot right now. And she said, I can't sleep, Mackenzie. I'm so anxious. I just can't do it anymore. It's been a year of this. Mm-hmm. Granted, she's talking about COVID, but she's actually dealing with other things too. Right. And I didn't even know what to say except, hey, can you turn on some worship music and take a bath and have some essential oils going? Like mm-hmm. we have to find mm-hmm. those free moments of bringing us back to the peace, like praising the one who made us and the place we're going and saying thank you despite everything and finding the beauty in the everyday, you know, like our podcast, like our children, like our spouse, like Mm -hmm. sometimes that is what we have to reach. It's funny you say worship music because I just... I had talked to Johnny right after he um, got out of the funeral and he just said it was so emotional. Like all of the guys that were on the team together um, carried the casket out and the mom talked about the last conversation she had with her son. And it was just, it was a lot to hear. And then I get off the phone and I turned on my Spotify and what song comes on, but um, rescue by Lauren Eagle. And I just started just weeping in my car because the words are so beautiful. And I, but I've never really cried from that song before, but hearing Mm -hmm. the words in a different way after that conversation really hit home for me that like God wants to rescue us. Like he will run through any fire for us. He will, he will come through thick or thin, like no matter where we have come, like he wants to bring us to where we're meant to go. And so like, it just made me realize like we are so fiercely loved that we, he can love us through anything, but we just have to accept the love, which is hard. Right. That right when you said rescue, I'm like that first line, uh, it's, it's you're, you are not hidden. There's oh. never been a moment you were forgotten. Exactly. And I think that's the key. Like, I think we think we're the, we're just alone a lot of the times, even though we're all going through something, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. it's easy to fall into that word despair that you said. Um, yeah. and just wallow and believe me, people have reason to wallow right now. I totally can agree. Um, but knowing him and that that he is with us in the in the worst in the worst literally like your ugliest moments I, bridge and i were talking about um the passion like the actual passion of jesus christ a few weeks ago and he has seen all of our sins and all of our failings and all of our shortcomings every single one of us mm-hmm. and that is why he was sweating drops of blood he knows no time. There is no time with God. He is there mm-hmm. in the hurt, in the worst, worst moments. And he's there in the best moments too, when we're our happiest and when we experience true joy, but we're never hidden from him. And if we really want to know love, we have to find it there first before we can mm-hmm. seek it any other place. And that that is too interior freedom. It's knowing that nothing else matters except that relationship yeah. inside of you with God. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that, yeah, it's, it's all so relevant. It's kind of crazy how relevant it is. Um, but I think too, like going back to the song as well, like how he just, to your point, like, the song says like he will send an army, you know, to find you. And I think a lot of times, even as Christians, we're like, oh, I'm just one in a million Christians who believes in Jesus. And you know, mm-hmm. sometimes it is hard for us to believe that he would go after us, you know, 
Mm. We have to believe that to our bones, you know? And I was just talking to a family member about this who was struggling as well with, you know, her own things and, um, everyone's struggling right now, right? Like it's like a different narrative. It's a different narrative, but we're all, we're all in it together. Um, and she was talking to me about some stuff and I just said, well, okay, if you strip down all these other things that you're talking about, first and foremost, do you believe to your core that you are a beloved daughter of God? Like everything about you, he is crazy about. And she was just like, no, I don't believe that right now. And I, I was just like, well, that's where, that's where it starts. But how many of us believe that, you know, how many, like you actually have to think and ponder that. And that can take a long time to let that like seep into your bones that you are that loved by somebody because we don't mirror, no one on earth mirrors that even our, even if your spouse is crazy about you, even if your family's mm-hmm. crazy about you, your kids worship you, no one mirrors that perfect love here. So we have to actually ponder it, I think. Yeah, I do too. And he talks about in the at that in the book, how no one knows us like God. So therefore nobody can know our full self. And we don't like our real self. That's what he talks about a lot. Mm-hmm. He's like, if we could accept who we really are, I mean, that's just, it feels impossible. But, but to your point, be like our spouse, our children, our best friends, like, yes, we all love each other to our best ability. However, God knows and sees and loves us beyond understanding. And I'm so glad you had that conversation with that family member, because even when someone's not outright struggling and they're just going through the motions and just living their day to day. I, I said this to, um, to someone recently. I said, if she was told that she is beloved, then she would weep. We all would like, if God came to us face to face and said, Oh my gosh, like my priest said once he, he goes bananas for you. Like if you could have that conversation with God in your prayer, Oh my gosh. Everything would change. Everything. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So I love this part on page 28B. It says, to achieve true interior freedom, we must train ourselves to accept peacefully and willingly plenty of things that seem to contradict our freedom. This means consenting to our personal limitations, our weaknesses, our powerlessness, this or that situation that life imposes on us, and so on. We find it difficult to do this because we feel a natural revulsion for situations we cannot control. But the fact is that the situations that really make us grow are precisely those we do not control. I highlighted that as well. I was like, yes, that is so true. And before then he even gives like some positive examples. Like he's like, we think of negative situations that we can't control, but even falling in love, like we act like we can pick our person, but falling in love suggests that you actually can't control that because you fall for somebody and it's almost like you don't even know how it happened. And so it was almost like designed that way before you chose it. And so that's like also a good example of giving up control and beautiful things happen. Um, But yeah, I think when I, I think it also goes back to the suffering that we were just talking about. I have always felt in my life closest to God in moments when I have suffered. So when something like major has happened in my family or just like certain seasons in my life where I really felt like I had nowhere else to turn, like that is when 
I felt like I had to do the deep dive and I had to ask these big questions. And so I've just been thinking recently because I feel like now we're all entering this kind of hard season with COVID lingering and still wearing masks and everyone having their own individual narratives of suffering. And it's just like, how do we enter into that and find the peace that we're looking for and also see it maybe as a gift? Like maybe this is a gift for all of us to do some much needed um like reconnecting with God, honestly. Absolutely. Because he says that too. Like, I think we want to, you know, change our reality right now. But I like what you're saying, V. Like, instead of trying to change the reality we're in, why don't we just lean on him more? And then he can give us all the graces. Like, there is a line in the book that says, God only gives us what we allow, Mm -hmm. only. And we can't transform the reality only as we accept it first. So I thought about um, the Bible verse, I think it's John, uh, and it's apart from me, you can do nothing. And frankly, I'm going to go here. I think a lot of the COVID vaccine and how a lot of, a lot about it, like how we won't do anything until Mm -hmm. we feel safe enough or secure enough. And the fact of the matter is we're never going to be safe or secure or healthy enough. Mm -hmm. We could step out our front door and die today. Exactly. There is no promise for tomorrow. So he's not going to um, allow anything to happen unless, you know, we accept him fully first. Exactly. And then the goodness will come. So I, it's a it's a hard thing to talk about, but it's – No, just, it's, I can't help we it. have to talk about it. I mean, it, we were joking. I was in a meeting um, about – it was like for planning a um, retreat for couples, and none of us were wearing masks. And somebody made a joke in the conference room like – um, like, you know, COVID doesn't exist in Catholic circles and that's not true. So before anybody like freaks out and, you know, DMs us, obviously yes. that's not true. Catholics believe in COVID, but we were laughing about that at first. And then it, when it, it sparked a bigger conversation, well, why is it that in some religious circles, you'll notice that people are much more trusting of their environment. They aren't going to have five masks layered on their face. Um, and usually they're going to be much more trusting in in people around them and the environment around them. And it's almost like you can breathe easier around those folks. And, um, you know, before people are like, oh, well, you know, that sounds like a super spreader event or whatever. But our Catholic schools and churches have remained open with minimal cases, minimal. So out of tens of thousands of Catholic school students, I think we've had like less than 10% cases, um, less like less than 100, something insane like that with thousands of kids, less than 100 cases. Um, all of our schools have remained open. And so I think the point of that is to say, it's not that believers don't believe in COVID. It's that I think um, we are rooted in something bigger than here. And so you walk differently when you believe in something bigger than here. But if this is it for you, then maybe this is earth shattering. But for us, I think we just, we know that our place, our home is not here. So I'm going to continue to live my life. And if I'm called home tomorrow, great. If I'm called home in 30 years, awesome. But that goes back to the interior freedom aspect of like, you got to let go of this idea that we can control because we can't, you know? Mm -hmm. No, we can't. And that's beautiful what you shared about the Catholic school staying open. I think God blesses that. And I'm not just saying that. And I, I just, we can't be afraid of death. I think to an extent we all are a little bit, that's, you know, human nature, but 
memento mori. We got to remember our death and we have to still live mm-hmm. here on earth. We have to mm-hmm. live so that we can die. Mm-hmm. And I love this line. It's actually not from the book. It's from this girl, Clada from Ireland. She's a writer. And she says, she said during the pandemic, why do I see so many Catholics living as though preservation of life is more important than sanctity mm-hmm. of soul? Now you could take that out and be like preservation Amen. of life. Well, we're pro-life. Like, of course it's important. Yes, it is. What she means is why are we so fearful and so worried about saving our life when <laughs> we're going to lose it? You know, like the most important thing is our souls, which it will last forever, God willing. And so we have to constantly remind ourselves of that truth. I, I, I do. Like, it's just, it's so true. It's not yeah. easy. It's not that I didn't. I, I had so many fears, you know, in the beginning of COVID. I think I was one of the first of my coworkers to just say, like, "Hey, I don't know what's going on here. I don't know. I don't know what we're dealing with." And so, like, I'm so sorry. I have to pull my kids out of school. Like, I will be working from home 100. And so there was. So I remember those first weeks being terrified. Like they didn't know if it would affect children. They didn't know everything. And so I remember jumping into that mode of like, I have to protect people I love. Um, I have to protect myself because I'm caring for people I love. Um, But then at a certain point, like I think Father Mike Schmitz has a video on this. I don't know what it's called, but it, it has something to do with COVID and trusting. And he basically was saying he feels like the gift that has come out of this time is that people are starting to think about their death not in a bad way. Mm. It's more of like, wait a second, you're just now coming to the party where we've all known that we're going to die at some point. (laughs) Like all of a sudden the world is just up in arms. Like, oh my gosh, like there's a potential that I could pass away. Well, yeah, all of us are going to at some point. So it's just like, welcome, welcome, join us. (laughs) So it's like, how do you prepare your heart and your mind and your soul for that full release of like, I don't have control of this. And so I'm just going to live in the present moment because that's all we, you and I talk about this all the time. That's all we have is the present moment. Mm-hmm. Right. And like, why do you care so much all of a sudden about this death when like a lot of these people um, haven't even met God yet, you know, and, or haven't even have no faith and they're so worried about death. And I, I, I'm curious about this bridge. Like, what do you think? Like, do you think they're worried about death because they don't know what it will be? Or do you think they're worried because, you know, they're just anxiety filled because of everything they're listening to, you know? I mean, I think all of us to a certain extent have anxiety about whether it's death or, or pain or anything. Like for example, I told, I texted right. you this. Johnny's out of town because of this funeral, right? And I'm with the kids at the house and like every creak in the house is freaking me out. Like I'm like, oh my gosh, there's someone right. in my basement. Next thing you know, I have gone to worst case scenario, which I totally <laughs> tend to do. And I'm like, there is an ax murderer in my basement. Like I am not kidding you. I went and got a kitchen knife and I'm like, who have I become that like, it is scary when you get to that level. Yeah, yes. but but we can – I literally caught myself once it was 2 in the morning and I'm like, I need to go to bed. And I'm like, how easy is it for us to get into our own thoughts and just worry? But like there was no reason for me to worry. So there was a part of my awareness that I was like, I know that this – that I don't need to be worried, but I'm still worrying. And so it's like – I literally was just trying to pray it out. I'm just like praying, praying, praying. And eventually I fell asleep. But I think that all of us fall into moments of this. So it's definitely not saying that like you and I are not free of, you know, worry. But I think um, I have totally been doing a lot of soul searching this year. 
in terms of like, okay, if I got a diagnosis like tomorrow of something, mm-hmm. how am I going to accept that diagnosis? Am I ready to meet God? Am I not ready to meet him? And honestly, heaven's looking kind of nice lately. So <laughs> I'm just kidding. But I'm like, I'm not, I'm at a mean. point where I'm like, I'm give, I, I'm letting go of this notion that we can live forever because we can't. So it's like, how do we prepare our hearts for that? How do we love people around us the best and um, the, the best we can? And um, just, yeah, be the best versions of ourselves with the time that we have given to us. Yeah, and that is the beauty of everything right now. It is illuminated, all of it. Like I I told you, I didn't really tell anyone this, but I just went for a mammogram and I I had a scare, you know, the typical scare that women have. And I really contemplated that. Like, what if I have breast cancer? Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. what will happen? I know a lot of women in my family who have and had, and honestly, they are the, some of the holiest people I know have died of cancer. Um, And I think it's a gift not to have cancer. It's a gift to, um, that God gives people when he gives them suffering, because you said it be, it brings you closer Mm -hmm. to him Mm -hmm. because we have nowhere else to Mm -hmm. turn. It's like this, this level of yes. that you can't explain. And honestly, I, I admire that in people. I'm like, like we think of our friend on Instagram, Futures Family, and she is at a level of seeing life that I can't even fathom. From walking so says, closely with her husband who, who had a yes. very, very hard, um, you know, path to eventually passing away and for her to be the caretaker of that with all of her kids, like, which by the way, we're going to have her on and we're so excited (laughs) very soon. Um, but exactly. It's like, you admire, like, why do we admire people like that? Like I, I look at people like that and I'm like, somehow you showed up with lipstick and a nice outfit and you're smiling with your kids and Mm -hmm. you are somehow by some supernatural grace getting through Mm -hmm. this hard season. And we can only do that if we know that there is something greater than here. So. Absolutely. And I think that's funny that you just pointed that out. It's a supernatural grace. Like that fear that we all get is before the actual event. Mm -hmm. So it's like nothing's happening right now, but we're so worried. The person that had the event and already went through it is like, that's the refiner's fire. They are like on this level of like, like holiness that you're like whoa and it's because they already went through it isn't that crazy totally this 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 line you have to cross to to see that so so clearly there's actually a professional or there's a um public speaker and author who i love brendan burchard and he had a near-death experience and he talks about this he wrote um uh high performance habits and a couple other books Mm. and He talks about how he almost died in this terrible car crash. And before that car crash, he was just coasting through life, like really not trying hard at really pretty much anything he ever did. And the car crash is what changed his whole perspective that life is short, that God is real, um, and that our moments here matter um, and finding purpose in every moment matters. And it just like it struck me in his talk that a lot of times, like you said, People who get very close to suffering and almost see death, they have a perspective that other people don't have. So it is a gift. Like suffering is a gift, which, you know, is really cool. I think part of our faith that we do, we see that so clearly and we talk about that a lot that like suffering is a gift. And um, 
you know, not all Christian traditions do kind of focus on that, but I think it's such a freeing um, concept. Yeah, it really is. If we could just remember, it's kind of like when you go on a retreat, B, or like go on a pilgrimage or like a vacation and you're on this, like Mm -hmm. you're on fire, you're on fire for the Holy Spirit. And then you're like, wait, I want to hold on to this feeling. Yes. And so it's a practice. It's like, but that's love. Like, like, yes, God loves you, but you have to love him. Like he needs you to, you know, um, care for his heart too. It's a relationship. It's a constant work. And, but that's, that's the freedom. Like it doesn't just, it's not a like sweet Bible verse here and there. It's like, Living no, it. God, work in me, change me. I want to be changed. Um, and I want to be known. I love that you said the refiner's fire because that is really what it is. It's like we have to go through the fire in life to like be fully refined and be um, who we were meant to be. So um, that I think that's why I just admire so much when like people share their real stories because I'm like, that just makes me cling to you all the more because I'm like, wow, like mm-hmm. why, why do we like hearing people overcoming hardship? It's because we see ourselves in that person. Our story might not be their story, mm. but we have a story where we've had to overcome something because that is the human condition. Like we all, no one avoids suffering. So it's kind of like, we're all in the right. same boat. It's just like, how do we, how do we learn to like um, I guess like live through it, persevere through it and smile through it and find the joy even in those moments. Um, yeah, there absolutely. was one quote that I was going to share um, really quickly that I loved and highlighted like what five times um, because I, this particularly jumped out to me because of a lot of what we've been talking about with like trying to control our lives. Like if I have like a perfect amount of, you know, kids or, you know, if we make this perfect amount of money, like everything will be comfy and cozy. And, um, and then I read this line and I was just like, oof, like this was a gut punch. Um, but on 32 page 32, he says, did you, uh, did you highlight this? Too? <laughs> I went to 32. Oh my gosh, I'm laughing. Okay, so the part is, um, first of all, the most important thing in our lives is not so much what we can do as leaving room for what God can do. The great secret of all spiritual fruitfulness and growth is learning to let God act. So it's basically... Let, there's it goes on and on but basically the point is we have to get out of the way and just like let god act in our lives and when i think of the times in my life where that has happened like he has just shown up like beautifully but then the times i'm controlling i mean it's just it can't even touch what he ends up doing wow that's awesome he gets into it more too on the next page and like how anytime we're agitated with others or like things aren't going our way, you know, stuff like that, aka the daily. He says, like, similarly, if we don't accept others, for example, if we're angry with them for not being mm-hmm. we want, we do not allow the Holy Spirit to act positively on our own relationships or make our opportunity change. I'm like, darn, it's not even just, it's like the reason mm-hmm. we are upset is never the person. We always talk about this, B, but it's so nice to hear it again. It's like, we cannot con- control how people are. We cannot control how the world is. We can't control our situation. And, 
all we can control. And we were joking God. about this yesterday as we were preparing and reading these um these chapters that you know parents should read this book. Like young parents should totally read this book because mm-hmm. I think that a lot of times like you said like we want to control others and so like how many of us want to control our toddlers and like with, with Johnny out of town <laughs> it's just like one minute is heaven and bliss with them and the other minute they're like you know crayons all over the all over the walls and they pooped in a corner together and they're laughing and ganging up on me and I'm just like oh my god but I have noticed this book helping me in those moments I will straight up say it like I'll think back to the words and I'm like (laughs) okay Bridget you could lose your don't lose the freedom inside of you right now like don't lose it over this little thing you know so like external doesn't need to affect internal basically oh amen and back to the suffering one more thing that you talked about earlier um it's weird he, he talks about eddie again which is awesome that's how cool she was she says that the worst kind of suffering is not that which we experience it is represented suffering that grips the imagination and makes us adopt false Dang. attitudes it's not reality yeah which i do all the time so we all do it it's like we prepare for the worst like and I'll just be honest with you, like this third pregnancy be, and you had this with grace. I remember I do have a little bit of anxiety with this. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the devil. I'm like, why, why, what's, why do I deserve another healthy pregnancy? Like, and it's so negative and not the place to be. And I'm, I'm, believe me, I know this, you guys, so don't, don't DM <laughs> me. <laughs> but I'm just, I'm just saying like, you can get into these, um, yeah. bouts of fear. For anything, it's, yeah. That's what it is. Like, oh no, I have six more months of this. Like, hope everything's good. I hope I'm doing all the right things. Well, guess what? We can't do all the right things. All we can do is just live moment to moment and do our mm-hmm. very, very best, you know, with what we have. And so, I think, yeah. It's, pr- and it pregnancy, I think, does this beautifully. Like, talk about interior freedom. Like, when you get pregnant, there is so little out of your control. <laughs> or, sorry, there's so little in your control. It's all out of your control. Right. Your body changing is out of your control. Um, the health of the baby inside you is out of your control. And um, you just are kind of, but it's also freeing. And we've talked about this. It's like very freeing and very beautiful because it kind of brings you to this place where you are in always in a posture of, um, what's the word? Yes. Yes. And needing assistance. And you just become this like kind of like meeker, milder version in a beautiful way of yourself. And I've always felt like most creative when I'm pregnant. I've always felt like happiest when I'm pregnant. Um, It's, it's the leading up to getting pregnant is like, your mind is like racing. Like, can I do it? When's the right time? Yes. Yes. Uh, maybe next month it's like it's the book it's everything about this book is like it's it's insane it's not our control it's not up to us and i think that's why secretly all of us cringe whether you want to admit it or not when someone's like i think we're done after this one or like or like we are done it's like no judgment on that comment because people say it i think without realizing but like and say it to us they ask yes but then don't you just get this weird internal like tick almost when you hear that it's like well it's not up to any of us but that's weird it's weird that we've made it's it not. up to us but it, it's just never right. been about that so just a lot to ponder and a lot to just think through that like god is going to give us what what he knows is going to bless us and bless our family so it's like why do we question it that's the big question 
Right. Right. Amen. Why do we question anything? The good, the bad, the ugly. Just consent and say yes. It's the fiat. It's the constant fiat. Yes, God. Amen. Fine. <laughs> I'll do it. Um, one last line for everyone before um, we let you go. Thinking back to everyone suffering right now and the funeral Johnny um, just went on for Matt. Um, I just... We were talking about relationship a lot on this podcast and how he knows us best and he loves us. And there's a line in this book and it's the last line I wrote in my notes. And it says, the look in his eyes is the purest, truest, tenderest, most loving and most hope filled in this world. Wow. That's beautiful. So just know that everyone who's listening, that you're not going to find me either. All of us Mm -hmm. are all searching. Um, authentic joy and freedom without looking to him you can't look exactly well do you want to pray sis yes let's pray come holy spirit lord i pray for all of us here listening over our conversation that anybody who um who is struggling to find this interior freedom that we're talking about who feels lost or alone um, or just not loved, um, having a hard time feeling beloved by you. Uh, we just ask that you um, renounce that in their lives and to um, embrace them with the peace that we know is only going to come from you. There is nothing too far gone, no place that is too dark um, to come back from. So we just ask in your name, Lord Jesus, that um, anybody who needs to hear that um, and know that and rest in that today um, will do so. In, In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to Unraveled Podcast. To stay a part of the conversation, follow us on Instagram at Unraveled Podcast or on Spotify at The Unraveled Podcast. Thanks for listening.